welcome to a brand new podcast episode. We are Listen to the Earth, the Gone West show. Gone West are a tree planting company since 2013. We've planted over 10 million trees. We like to interview people with all sorts of stories to tell and from all walks of life with the common theme of finding solutions to pollution. My name's Fiona Bringman and here's a brand new episode for you. Today I'm speaking with Rui Vashkas and Rui is the founder and director of Live With Earth, a non-profit organisation for global sustainable development and circular economy based in Portugal. Listen to the Earth, the Gone West Show. Hello Rui and thank you for coming on to the podcast today. It's really nice to have you. Hello, thank you very much for the invitation. I wanted to ask you if you can briefly introduce yourself, your passion, your mission and your organization. Okay, so um, my name is Rui Vasquez. I'm uh, the founder and the president of Live With Earth organization. Uh, I am a designer. I'm now finishing my PhD studying the natural pigments of the uh, protected area of Serras do Socorro and Archeira, which is the location we are uh, located with our association, near Torres Vedras. Uh, it's the municipal we work with. And uh, I am uh, passionate about nature. I, I am an artist. And I'm also passionate about uh, developing sustainable projects and developing uh, eco-communities. Lovely, thank you. It sounds like you're a really creative and passionate person all around. But I wondered if you could also tell me a bit more about this organization, Live With Earth. How did it start and and what has it kind of consisted of so far? When I was studying design in my master's, I've developed a thesis project that uh, in the end, we found out that the solution for the research was to develop a social sustainable model or an eco-village, a sustainable eco-village, which turned into a big vision. I uh, decided to continue researching by myself and seeing what can I do with this model in, in society? How can I bring value? And then I went to learn, to, to learn the solutions to understand more. For example, natural building, permaculture design, to continue learning and to continue training myself in the skills that were, were needed to develop such a model like this, an eco-village, to design an eco-village. To build a new future, it's building new alternatives and new models that turn the old ways obsolete. And uh, yeah, this model was designed in a way that it could create awareness and it could be a model that can inspire people to do similar projects in different parts of the world. We have three main concepts or pillars. Local construction, using the local materials and local resources and ecological or sustainable construction to build the infrastructures. Local production of resources needed, such as water, energy, food, knowledge, education and so on the community can produce what they need to survive and to grow uh, and the third one is uh, self-sufficient on a regional level which means that different models all together 
when they exchange information and compensate each other, they can create a new society or a new civilization. So this was the idea of the Eco Village at this time. In the farm of a friend in Koja, uh, we start developing uh, prototypes. We start making natural building projects using the clay to, to build. And in this process, we start making our own uh, courses to teach and to share with, with other people uh, our solutions. We also organized two PDCs, two permaculture design course at this time in this farm of my friend, Frankie. So we start not just learning, but organizing and applying the knowledge. And in 2017, the big shift happened. Officially, we created Live With Earth Association as a non-profit association in the context of working with Torres Vedras municipality. We start working with them because they, they won the European Green Leaf Award in 2015. They were considered one of the first green capitals in Europe. Besides other international awards, they have connected with sustainable development and green tourism. And I entered in contact with them and I started promoting Live With Earth with them in different events, such as Green Fest and other events focused on sustainability and green economy. It was very good to work with them as a team because it's a municipal structure which has access to everything that is needed. Uh, materials, contacts, institutions, services, all kinds of things. So along this partnership, do we start organizing this uh, international festival of art and construction. We, we wanted to do it with a municipal and we wanted to do it as a public project. And uh, we organized this wonderful festival in 2017. And in that moment, we created officially the association and uh, it was given to us the, the space, our headquarters, which is an abandoned primary school that we are regenerating and transforming in a permaculture garden of life. Uh, so this is a little bit of, about the story of how Live With Earth uh, born. Lovely. Thank you. I think it's really beautiful that you're also connecting with your local council and your community and that you're helping to bring permaculture, these eco villages, natural building, um, these kind of things, you know, regeneration uh, more into the mainstream. And yeah, I was wondering, do you find that because of this connection with local governments, more people are able to view your project your projects are more visible and more people get interested and exposed to this way of living um people who might not otherwise have got involved in such projects yeah completely in general we want to reach the the maximum persons possible can you tell me a bit more about the vision and the mission of your projects our vision is this model it's called eco village community and, and the mission is based on these four pillars, which is uh, awareness and water, the element. We start creating awareness about the environmental problems, the human crisis, the social crisis, the economic crisis. So we start with awareness. And this model created and, and is still creating a lot of awareness because presenting this eco-village, we are showing a new possibility for humans to live together, uh, to thrive on planet Earth, to cooperate, to create their own resources and to produce much more than they consume. 
and uh, we are showing a completely new mindset of, of being and acting. Uh, then it leads us to the second pillar, which is empowerment or earth. Basically, with the element earth, we are empowering and training people to use the local earth to change the planet earth. We are teaching people to use earth to build the clay, especially, how to use clay to do natural building and also natural building with other techniques. We use stone and wood and uh, straw and many other materials. Uh, also earth for um, permaculture and for gardening, which means fertile soil, composting systems, and how to design and uh, manage a garden, and also how to cook. So we teach um, permaculture design from farm to table, and we have these eco-foods uh, project and is a um, circular economy model for producing food in the most sustainable way, producing the minimum uh, waste, producing the minimum uh, spending of resources and, and rescuing CO2 from the atmosphere. Now, with this work with the pigments, we are teaching through Earth how to color. So Earth to build, Earth to plant and Earth to color is the second pillar of empowerment. Third pillar is uh, convergence and is fire, the element. And this convergence is basically organizing events and actions where we put people together and uh, we work a topic and then magic happens. For example, EcoCamp event, building nature events, and also European projects such as Erasmus Plus, because it's very important for us to work with youngsters because they are the, the next actors of change, the new generations, the ones that can make the difference quickly and faster. And the last pillar is innovation and is air, the element. And innovation, it's because all this work is started and it continues connected with my university, IAD, Universidade Europeia. So everything I'm doing and everything we are doing as Live with Earth are experiments for developing new social models, social innovation, prototypes on natural construction and on permaculture design. All the time is experimenting and learning and uh, we are constantly tracking our, uh, our projects and our prototypes in order to map the, their efficiency and to improve. So it's always connected with research and research through design for sustainability and circular design. So this is basically uh, our mission. You were talking about uh, involving people and uh, we want to involve the maximum persons possible, starting with the awareness. There's a couple of questions that came up when you were describing the pillars. And, and the first one was about circular economy uh, regeneration. And you mentioned your farm to table permaculture project. Could you tell us a little bit more about that and about what these ideas of circular economy actually mean on a really basic level and how you're using them in your projects? Circular economy is a very vast concept. Um, it means we will look to our economy in a circular way, which means that everything that is in circulation, you have a beginning and an, and an end. And in the end, is reinserted in the same cycle or in another cycle. It means that there doesn't exist waste. It's basically replicating nature. In nature, nothing is, is lost. Everything is transformed in new forms of energy. 
we have to do it as humans as well and not produce waste or pollution or um, contamination uh, or useless things that will end up as trash. So circular economy in design, specifically in product design, we look to the cycle of the product in this way of circular economy. So the products have, as I was saying, all these phases since the collecting of the resources or materials to make it, the process of uh, transporting these materials, the process of manufacturing by hand or in an industry, uh, the process of uh, packaging, the process of distribution, uh, the process of selling, and uh, then the process of uh, uh, using. And, and uh, normally after the process of using, there is like the end of life of a product. And here, it's very important to have low impact in all the phases of the product. But especially when it, when it arrives to the end of the cycle, the next phase have to be, if it's in circular economy, recycling, reusing, or repairing, or reintegrating in another cycle. For example, uh, biodegradable materials that can be composted and then uh, transformed into fertilizer, for example. Or um, there is a wonderful project called Precious Plastic. Precious Plastic is uh, an amazing, it also comes from a scientific research. Uh, it's a guy who invented and who shared an, as an open source four or five machines that anyone can set up in their own houses or garage and basically create their own recy plastic recycling centers. So this is an amazing way of solving the problem of circular economy because it means that any person can collect plastic and transform the plastic in their houses into new products. They also build the construction materials using these uh, machines. It's an amazing solution that is accessible to any person. It's a decentralized solution. It's not just these big recycling industries that many times don't even uh, work as they, as they tell us. Basically, 30% of plastic waste and paper waste are recycled. The rest goes in landfills. This is the sad reality. We do recycling more for civic education than for a, as a reality behind the scenes. So it's very important that people can also have the option of recycling. And this is an amazing project because it gives you the tools, the knowledge, a whole guideline of how to build the machines. So it's a very, very interesting project. Plastic is a very, very big problem in the world in the way that we are using it, especially with this uh, one usage uh, way. It's completely pointless. So yeah, circular economy, it's, it's all about this. And, uh, and it's also about this in any kind of sector in society. For example, food, as you were asking about this farm-to-table project and the permaculture design. Uh, food is the same. Uh, every food chain needs to be thinking on the circular economy logic because food comes from the land and should go again to the land. Because uh, food is, is organic matter, transformed. As you see the plants growing, it's, it's the magic of life growing. It's all the time creating new configurations of carbon and, until it turns into a nutritious piece of food 
directly from farm to table is the best way of, of obtaining uh, the most pure and the most rich nutrients from nature. Uh, and then after cooking, all the leftovers, especially non-cooked, that's how we do a good compost, is non-cooked food. Normally in cities, people consider it as waste and they put in their trash. This is precious material to compost. And from compost, we create natural fertilizer that we mix with the soil. And there it comes again, the nutrients to the earth. And from the earth, they come to the plants. From the plants, they come to the humans. And from the humans also should come again to the earth because we, we, we also give waste. Uh, and many projects use dry toilets uh, and they compost the human, uh, the human poop, the human waste. Uh, we recommend to do it with uh, other animals, poop, for example, uh, horses or cow. Those are the best, especially horses. Cow also very good. They are both because they are on a neutral pH. They are not too acidic or too alkaline and they are full of nutrients. So we have techniques such as turbo compost, where we make a lasagna of uh, green, dry, and uh, horse poo or cow poo, and so on. We make these layers. Uh, we put them in a cylinder. And in more or less one month, with a technique of managing, you have a compost made. Normally, compost processes takes uh, three to six months to happen. So in permaculture, people discover how to, to accelerate the, the rhythms of nature. And this is one of our biggest gifts as humanity, is uh, regenerating nature, replicating nature, reproducing nature, recreating nature, and uh, in the regeneration processes. And we can even accelerate these processes uh, in, in benefit of all. Uh, and not the opposite, which is just destroying, cutting forests and using chemicals, pesticides, polluting the earth, the water, air. This is the wrong way of accelerating the, the wrong mechanisms of, of balance of planet Earth. And nature is, is not having time enough to, to come back again with the natural rhythms and the natural processes to give back uh, the nutrients. So we are accelerating in a, in a dangerous spiral because we are getting out of fertile soil. We are pro producing uh, desertification. We are contaminating the atmosphere. We are using fossil fuels with this industrial revolution way of producing food, which is very dangerous for the planet and dangerous for ourselves. And, and, and also is not efficient at all. We, con we spend a lot of energy and water and resources producing food that in the end is not even the healthiest food, is, is food with poison most of the time. Now, lately, we have this biologic, which is a bit better, but still it's a macro, in macro scale. Uh, so it's very important to produce at local level, for more people to produce what they consume, to give a power back to the local producers, to produce in an aware way, using permaculture techniques or bio-intensive techniques with the rotations of plants, building more and more soil, basically imitating nature and its mechanisms, and also using technology that we have today 
that can save the planet in this way, basically save humans, not the planet. The planet always saves it, saves itself. But uh, we can use hydroponics and aquaponics to produce immense amounts of food, uh, saving 90% of water that are used in normal agriculture. Of course, it's a very controversial uh, topic because uh, producing food without having soil is kind of artificial. But in my opinion, today, all kinds of solutions are better than uh, what we are doing with the macro structures of industrial uh, polluting way of, of producing food and contaminating this food. So hydroponics and aquaponics can be an amazing solution for the future. Also because they use vertical space to produce large amounts of food with technology, like with high rates of success and still in natural rhythms, not accelerating the rhythms and saving a lot of resources. I'm also really wary about it because of the energy that is expended to create these systems in the first place. Things like vertical gardens need immense amounts of, of power and glass and... I don't know. I don't know enough about them in general, but um, like you said, I have this, this suspicion as well <laughs> that it's not using soil. And one of the one of the things I wanted to to come to as you were talking about how um, human beings need to get more in line with the rhythms of nature to replicate nature to create regenerative structures. And as you said, the Earth will survive it's more about do we want to sustain our species part of that is also to recognize ourselves as nature rather than replic just replicating nature like we are a part of this so this is my hesitation about the <laughs> the technologies but it's very interesting to hear you talk about them and i wondered yeah i wonder what you think about that uh, yeah it's true it basically is uh, getting out of the anthropocene which is the idea that that uh, mankind or humankind are in the center of the universe or in the center of planet Earth. This is the idea that brought us in the point where we are living today of climate change and serious environmental unbalances and problems. When humans are thinking that they are the center of everything and they are not at all, they are just a part of nature. We are just one species in the middle of thousands of millions of species, seeing ourselves outside of the Anthropocene, seeing ourselves as part of the wholeness, and how can we uh, act in accordance to that, and how can we contribute to the whole, and, and at the same time to ourselves. This is the big shift of mentality happening nowadays, and, and it brings us to the cooperation models rather than uh, the competition models. It's like a cancer fighting with, with our own uh, self, with our own cells. Um, there are still wars, competition all over, but I think we are on the way of more and more cooperating, start seeing the world as, as our common home and uh, working all together with each other to make it a better place and not uh, something as property or... Uh, owned by some some of the people uh, in terms of food i i really support these initiatives uh, you were talking about energy uh, but imagine and we if we compare the energy needed to pump a little bit of water with nutrients on a vertical scale is is uh, insignificant comparing to the 
amount of power that just one tractor needs to work a whole field of land. Rather than a little greenhouse with hydroponics or aquaponics that can be powered with the solar energy, for example, and even the energy used is much, much less comparing to the energy used in the, in the macro and in the monoculture system. We are talking about heavy machines that are constantly moving, working the land, putting fertilizers. It's a whole, it's one of the sectors that spend more energy. And it localizes as well, right? The reality is that we've already built cities. People already live in cities. There's already a lack of access to soil. So if we can create local systems that can feed the local community within these cities, towns, structures, then, then that's a benefit. A big benefit because also it's all about the work and the knowledge needed. In agriculture, you still need to study agriculture and to apply and to have lots of tasks and, and structure behind all the tools the time, everything needed, it's a lot of things. And people today, they want easy solutions. And aquaponics, hydroponics, they are very easy solutions. They are automatized. And uh, every, every building in every city can have a garage or a place. And these spaces can be producing the food for the whole building. And people can, can, can somehow participate in the, in the process, but not having a lot of work controlling a little bit what they want to eat or to produce. And in this way, to be common spaces of production. I think some cities are already doing this. There are some projects like this around the world. But you can turn it in, in, in a normal thing. In a, not going to the supermarket to buy food that comes from sometimes the other part of the world. And that consumes and spends crazy amounts of energy and pollution. But you can go to our rooftop or to our basement and uh, pick our food directly from the source, organic, natural, not spending uh, crazy amounts of energy and transportation and eat it raw and fresh as it should be eaten with, with all the nutrients. Because when food are, is transported, it loses the quality along the way. So it's passing from the wrong ways of producing and consuming to the right ways of producing and consuming. I'm hopping back a little bit, but when you were describing the four pillars, there was another question that came up. And from the way that you've also talked and explained, I've noticed that art and design and creative and passionate outputs from human beings are also really connected and linked with what you do. So I wondered if you could just briefly talk about the relationship for you between art and nature um so art is uh, is very important for me and and i think for for all the human beings because it's, it's a, a big part of our expression and the freedom uh there are many forms of art for me music is one of my favorite and, and drawing and uh, now i'm working with these natural pigments and involving the local population uh, to work also with the natural pigments. And so all together we can create beautiful art artistic projects such as the earth mural that we have here and is the main intervention in the village. Uh, here the central topic is the natural pigment and uh, because natural pigments are colors from the soil. Uh, we are using these pigments to produce natural inks so we can paint with ecological paint 
uh, we are using to make uh, natural plasterings, to using eco-construction finishing, and also to create artistic earth murals. Uh, we are also using the pigments in pottery and in dyings, like coloring different materials. So we are, we are experimenting the potential of usage of these pigments and these colors from the mountains. Art, it, it's also uh, one of the main ways of communicating, not just expressing, but communicating a message. And uh, is, is very likely used in uh, activism. Uh, we are starting having ideas for some collaborations and projects where we will use art to pass a message or to teach something important and to create awareness. So art can be used for self, for developing yourself, uh, for developing community, for creating interactions between people and, and co-creating arts and sharing art, uh, and also for developing of the society, uh, and especially creating awareness and communicating something or passing messages through art. It's very beautiful, connecting function and beauty so that we can also connect with that um, that passion, that creativity that we spoke about even from the beginning, you know, that we, it doesn't have to be like, oh, the world is terrible, we need to do this, but instead look at the beauty that we can create, look at what we can make together, you know, it's so amazing, it's so stunning, it's so heart-opening. So it's really nice to hear you share about all of these different tangents and forms that uh, living with the earth uh, can can take on. Thank you. It was a pleasure also to share. Always, uh, it's always good to have very interesting conversations and uh, insights, and uh, to spread the word of what we believe to be the best that we can do and uh, that we create. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, we're kind of coming towards the end of the interview, but I wanted to quickly ask you, as we, of course, are a tree planting company, um, what are your views on tree planting and reforestation in general? And have you had any involvement in reforestation projects within the work that you do with Live for Earth? It's very important. We work directly with the um protected area of Serres do Socorro and Archera. They have kind of some reforesting uh, programs. Uh, also, we are planting trees in our own association, which is very important and interesting, even if it's a small space. Uh, but we have some partners that work on this field, such as Primal Gathering, uh, Ananda Valley or Equativo, which are reforesting the Serra da Estrela area. And we follow some some projects on reforestation. I see that uh, it's a topic that is spreading over the sectors and over the society and gaining importance because uh, people are aware of climate emergence and uh, that we need to rescue CO2. So what is doable individually like what is the easiest way of doing is planting trees planting trees making a garden in order to fix co2 like to rescue co2 from the atmosphere also in natural building it happens most of the techniques using limestone natural limestone they rescue co2 from the atmosphere so these are the ways that any person can start today helping uh, 
and contributing to this human mission, which is to build a, a better society, a more green way of living and uh, being better to ourselves, to the others, and especially to the planet. Mm -hmm. Nice. Just to finish up, I'm going to ask you three quick fire questions. And these are questions that we just want one word answers to. And it's kind of to contain everything that we've talked about in these quick answers. Okay. So my first question is, what makes you feel most alive? Uh, life. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. The second question is, what does living with the earth mean to you? Being or interconnectedness. And then the last question to kind of sum up how you believe we can create a less polluted and more environmentally sustainable world. In one word, mm, to trust, to trust the wisdom of, of the intelligence of humans and of, of life. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah, that brings us to a close, but um, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you for the opportunity. I hope that uh, the listeners uh, liked what we are talking about and any question just reaches out. Uh, let's keep building a greater society and let's live with Earth. What a pleasure to speak with Rui and to hear about the Live With Earth organization and all the ways in which we can create and redesign structures of living and find different, more sustainable eco ways of consuming. If you want to hear more about the projects that Live With Earth are doing or you want to get in touch, maybe you have a collaboration idea, you can find them online at livewithearth.org or also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as Live With Earth. And if you want to send them an email, you can get in touch, livewithearth at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and tune in next month for our brand new episode. Listen to the Earth, the Gone West Show.